Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mike Wilson of Cape May Fitness Center, coming to you from Cape May, New Jersey. Mr. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you today? Not much. Thank you for having me, Joe. How are you? I'm doing incredibly well. I appreciate you joining us. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to, to pick your brain on this. You've been doing it for quite some time in, in a couple of different locations with a few evolutions of this business throughout. But before we dive in and, and extract what wisdom we can from your brain, take us back a little bit. Take us back to when the idea was formulating, hey, I think I'm going to open up my own fitness center. When was that and, and what were your goals with opening up this business? So my goal actually was just to, I was the head football coach at the local high school at Lower Cape May Regional in Cape May, New Jersey. And um, I was getting kids as freshmen who couldn't run, couldn't do a push-up. You know, simple things that you should be able to do by the time you get to, to high school. Um, so, you know, form running was just terrible. So that was one thing I wanted to work on. So I started a camp and then I started uh, a speed and agility um, <clears throat> program as well that I ran out of the high school. And that was year round. Um, and some local gyms in the area got wind of it because it was growing and it was doing really well. And um, they didn't think it was fair that I had no overhead or little, you know, little to none overhead, so to speak. Um, pretty much $2,000 got it started. You know, a couple battle ropes, sledgehammers, tires that were donated. And then I had the back of the, the weight room to uh, rent out from the school district. Um, but of course, my overhead wasn't comparable to some of the private gym owners locally. So they made a big stink about it to the point where I had to stop my program and it catapulted me into opening up my first uh, location, which is what we talked about a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. where we're possibly moving back to. Um, yeah. so Full circle. Well, I wasn't even thinking about a gym, Joe, at all. I was just thinking about improving um, the basic fundamentals on how to run and building some basic strength through body work, body uh, exercise, body weight exercise training. And, um, one thing led to another with with that, and when they nixed me, I kind of got bitter, and you know, wanted to show them what I could do if I had my own spot. Right. And so, so here we are. Right? Yeah, yeah, here we are. So one way or another, business owner, and it's been like you said, uh, north of a decade at this point. Talk to us a little bit about yeah. your favorite part about owning a business, and then on the flip side of that, talk to us about the most challenging part of being a business owner? Um, my favorite part about being a gym owner is watching kids that I train go into their sport and actually utilize the strength that they have, you know, encompassed over that time period that we trained together and watching it actually go to work in their sport. That's the best part about it. It's always been the best part about it because before I was a gym owner, 
Um, up until probably the pandemic, I was since 2001, the head strength conditioning coach at Lower Cape May Regional. So I've always got to witness that. And that was, that's my passion, you know, and um, it's not so much being the gym owner. It's, it's developing young men, young women. Yeah. The results you know, of the result of the watching gym. all that hard work actually pay off. You know, that's, that's it in a nutshell for yeah. sure. The worst part, managing staff by far. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. And, and it's so like coaching, you know, the best part about coaching is the kids, the worst parts, the parents. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so the vast, vast majority of people that listen to this podcast own gyms themselves. And so I'm sure that plenty of people can resonate with that sort of thought. Now that you are fully open in the facility that you're in sort of beyond pandemic restrictions, at least, how do your numbers as far as membership, as far as personal training, as far as whatever other services you have now compare to 2019 or so? Everything pretty much has been cut in half. Okay. Um, 50 to 75% loss, easy. From a, from a gym member standpoint, from revenue standpoint numbers, I'm just talking about this with my attorney, of course, because we you know everyone's scrapping for all the programs that are out there to generate any money that's been lost. Um, and it's, it's pretty extensive to be honest. And last year I felt like it was going to be a bigger comeback, but I think what I'm seeing, especially around here is more and more gyms and more and more people are getting into fitness. So, you know, I, I think that this pandemic has scared people into getting a gym membership that who maybe wouldn't have. Um, so I am seeing new people, but I'm also seeing that a lot of my older clientele is not coming back because they're scared to come back to a gym because it's been presented that this whole thing, you know, the gym's the last place you should go. Sure. When I've always well, argued. of a lingering social stigma. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's plenty of people to serve. And I think there's just as many people sort of itching to get back into a gym who are losing their minds trying to work out from home. And then back to my point was, you know, a lot of the townships and cities are offering things, you know, free Zumba, free yoga, right. you know, so um, where when we first started out, we offered everything. I mean, we had spin, a spin room, we had two different studio rooms that were open for yoga and Zumba and dance and aerobics, whatever, we offered it. Um, since the pandemic, you know, all those things are going, have gone away, but now the things back are open and back up, there's more and more places offering those types of things for those kinds of classes. So we've only recently been sticking to group fitness and a CrossFit type of class. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like we're not, and, and it's not a free class. I mean, we were free. It was, you know, one price for membership, everything was included. We were the all-inclusive gym and it was great. It worked for a long time, but things are different now. I think this sort of model is so fascinating because there are so many different things that you can do. Sometimes it's overwhelming and we get distracted trying to do all of it and lose sight yeah. of making money and running a successful business, right? If we're giving away all of these things for free, does it increase foot traffic? Maybe, but it does it increase top and bottom line. No, no, not at all. I learned and I learned that the, the hard way, Joe, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so and it, it sounds like the at least for now, priority one is to sort of just 
get some people back in the doors, right? That's yeah. We can't, we can't get them into personal training. We can't get them into group training until they're actually there. And so walk us through sort of what you see for successful marketing and, and lead generation. How can we attract the interest of that potential fitness seeker? So the one thing that we've been doing is focusing on mostly uh, high school, college kids, because of my influence in our community is mostly with athletes, uh, mostly with uh, the younger population, because I am in the school district. Uh, a lot of my friends are also teachers in the other age level school districts locally here. So we pretty much have that market cornered. Um, so I stopped focusing on um, the other populations of people, mostly class oriented people because so many people are offering those types of classes and we're focusing on the personal training and the group training um, type of class only because most of these kids that are coming out of high school are in into the lifting. You know, they, they like resistance training. They don't want to take the class. They, they want to train like a bodybuilder or do sports performance because they're involved with a specific sport that they're serious with. And um, my kids range from six years old to 19. So they got friends. So that's really what we're being attracted to. Sure. And so in in the form of, I guess, strategy and tactic, does that look like a pretty heavy social media presence? I would assume if the demographic is younger, social media. My my phone will ring, Joe, and it's like, it's a kid that, works at a, a local restaurant on the beachfront and they talk to the bartender who was a big baseball player here. And he's like, you know, you gotta go see Mike Wilson. He's, he's the guy that has the sports performance programs, yeah. you know, and it's true because there's no one else around here really understands how to train a kid with speed and agility. I mean, I'm speed and agility certified. No one around here has that. No one's going to, you know what I mean? So it's like, I have those little niches. Yeah. And, and so that's sort of the natural pocket that has worked well for us have you considered doing any sort of formalized paid advertising to expand into other demographics we 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 haven't but yes that's something that we need to do sure we've never really i'll be honest with you we don't we don't we do not do much paid advertisement even in the beginning we did a billboard in the beginning for six months and then that was it we did some print media then, you know, because before social media got real, real big, before 2011 or 12, we were, you know, print media was still around as much, you know, now it's kind of a waste of money depending, but, um, but yeah, I mean, word of mouth has been it for us, to be honest. Sure. And but, so but most people want Mike Wilson. That's the thing, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's important to keep in mind when starting a business like this, the reason why people that name gyms after themselves, for example, if this was Mike Wilson Fitness, the reason why people get in trouble when they do that is because if everybody is looking for you, we can't grow this thing that much, right? We're sort of pigeonholed into the capabilities there. I purposely didn't name it that for that reason. Right. And so it still didn't work. <laughs> if the only people that we're bringing in are people looking for Mike Wilson, we're sort of narrow in what we're able to do. You mentioned maybe the advertising game is a way to expand beyond that. But 
sure. a conversation for another time, at least. Mike, sure. take us to the next step in the process. Obviously, leads are leads. That's wonderful. But at a certain point, we need this person to translate to a paying member. And so what does that sales process for you look like when we recognize a lead? What happens to get them in? What happens once they're in? And how do we get them to convert? We always let them come in and, and try to gym out for the day. Um, and then I, I usually or somebody at the desk will take them around and, and, and show them everything, show them how to use everything. And then uh, we always have programs ready for every level of person that's coming in there for general fitness. So we have those types of things available because I know a lot of gyms sign people up, especially a gym like Planet Fitness. They're not giving programs out. Right. Um, so they're I just telling you, hey, go in a circuit around the perimeter of the room. Yeah, and that's the thing for $10 a month, you know, nobody cares if you keep billing them because they don't even notice it. Yep. But for a gym like mine, it's charging $35 to $50 a month, depending on your, you know, how far out you go with your term. They go, oh, well, you know, but the difference is now, and I, and I told my staff this is that we have to be more customer service related because they're not getting that at a cheaper gym. So why do people want to pay more? Well, because and it doesn't work. make sense for us to go head to head with Planet Fitness. They have far deeper no boxes than we do. We can. One of my best of friends owns about 35 of them. Um, so he and, he and he's a member at my gym and there's a Planet Fitness 10 minutes down the street and he doesn't go to that gym. Okay. Comes to ours because he can't train the way he wants to. So that's the big thing that we're focused on is, hey, you can get chalk all over the place. Sure. You can curse a little bit. You can, you know, you can, you can, you can drop some weights that that are supposed to be dropped. You know what I'm saying? Where so we, we bring the people into the facility, give them a chance to try it out. Uh, and what absolutely. happens from there? Are they sitting down with somebody to talk options? Are they meeting with front desk staff? How does, the, what's the actual transition? Yeah, so they, once we know that they need a trainer, we hook them up with a trainer. Um, if they don't want to spend the money on a trainer, that's where I come in. I call them and I um, give them a walkthrough and then I'll give them a free program to follow. Um, obviously they're not getting the same um, service, but sure. they're at least getting something to follow. Um, and then I'm always available for them um, for any of those questions that they're going to have along the way there for that, for that program. But um, they're not getting to me as a personal trainer. Um, so I, no, none of the gyms around here offer that. They don't do that. Um, not that they don't offer personal training, but they're not getting that connection right away at the front door. So we do that. Yeah. And so we're, we're able to sign people up. We're able to steer them towards personal training. I would assume if membership is down 50 to 75%, personal training probably follows suit in taking a pretty solid hit as well. Disappeared almost, but yeah. has Moving came back. Has came back. Yeah. Our personal training is is stronger now than it's ever been, though. Like I can say that, yeah, for sure. And so, moving forward here, as you look towards the future of this business, what do you think is going to move the needle the most on revenue, on profitability? Where do you see the biggest bang for your buck here moving forward? Uh, the biggest bang for our buck is definitely going to be, um, I need more personal trainers. 
I mean, I have people asking for it and all of my trainers right now, we have about four of them. They're, they're pretty much booked, you know? So that's, that's one way is that finding quality personal trainers. There's tons career, of people. Yeah, wanna, career trainers, not just part-time. Yeah, we have too many part, we, there's too many part-time people looking for work with that, you know, and I need somebody who's more passionate about it and wants to do it for a living. Like, um, because I've had trainers in there that are making 70 to a hundred thousand dollars a year. No problem. Not a bad gig. No. If you know what you're doing, but those are, those are the guys that they went to school for it. They, they understand how to set up the system for it, how to keep feeding the pipeline, you know, coming up with, um, you know, like a referral program or something, you know, where I'm constantly doing that for most of the other ones. And that's yeah. not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to step back and get everybody else moving the business along for me. Cause at 44, I got other plans too, Joe. That's what I was going to ask is like, it sounds like you are incredibly involved in a lot of this. Do you think at any point that you'll want to take a step back and just delegate to a team more or less? Yeah. And I pretty much have been taking a step back um, without really putting somebody in charge. So I'm still doing it from the wing and that can get hectic. Um, thank gosh, I have my mother-in-law, my wife, and my daughter, um, Eileen, um, Destiny, and Lily there because, you know, they, they take very good pride in it. And then um, I have two other staff members, Molly and, and Getsy, who are unbelievable. Um, and then we have an additional person in Luke who came on and then our cleaning guy, Dougie. So I, mean, I, have, a good, I have a good core of staff that care. Yep. Um, so I'm very blessed with, with them, but we need about two more trainers. And I think that, um, that's you know, the next step. Yep. I love a young kid that really has passion about it, who has dreams of owning his own gym one day. Um, that is, that could take this on and, uh, manage it for me. So I can take a step back and, and enjoy my kids. Cause my kids are young. They're, they're very young. That's yeah. We, we talk to all kinds of business owners and, it's easy as a business owner to pour yourself in work 80, 90, hundred hour weeks. It's a lot harder to set those boundaries and take a step back and remember why we started a business in the first place. And that was so that you could make the rules and set yourself up for the life that you want to live. Yeah. You know what I mean, you didn't, you didn't just create a low paying high stress job for yourself. At one point right. there was an idea that this would be, profitable and, and freedom inducing at least. Yeah. Mike, yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty good place for us to begin to wrap this whole thing up before we sign out of here. Let's give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about this. What's the website? What are the best social media links? Yeah. So um, our website is www.capemayfitness.com. Uh, that's our website. And then our Instagram is Cape May fitness and dance and then yeah that's that there are two main areas that you get the most information i would start there perfect for sure can't beat it mike this has been awesome man i always appreciate having conversations like this with the business owner community and, and getting a chance to be a little bit vulnerable and talk about where our strengths are but at the same time where our weaknesses are and where we can improve stuff like this i can't thank you enough for your time I'm excited to see what the future looks like for you and uh, we'll be cheering for me. That's for sure. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. 
Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by CJ Appenzeller from ATS in West Berlin, New Jersey. CJ, how are we doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Austin, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. Excited to talk to you. I love talking to, uh, say, veteran gym owners, right? 10 years, yeah. no small feat, man. Uh, really cool to, one, to make it that far, like in any business, but I think especially in this business, and especially with the last, what, two plus years yeah. of uh, the C word, which we stopped talking about. So, like, you know, <laughs> never, heard of it. never heard of it. It's ne- never happened. So, uh, yeah. TJ, cool. It's dive, man. So, ATS, your gym there down in New Jersey. When you go back in time, when you originally started this thing, or you, know, you had the mindset, like, hey, I'm going to open a gym, what was like your goal from a business standpoint? Or did you even have one back then when you opened it? Yeah. So, it was crazy. Uh, my freshman year of college, I remember specifically thinking like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll be a uh, physical therapist, right? Everybody starts like, oh yeah, you know, safe job, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I played college baseball. I was okay as hell. Um, and I started training in the weight room to try to develop and, and ultimately get better at baseball. Exactly. So, I'm like Googling everything. I'm trying to find the best methods, the best ways to maximize yeah. my performance. And I start stumbling on guys who at that time it was, you know, Joe DeFranco, Zach Evanesh, who yeah. are, but yep, <laughs> who are, well, Zach's a good friend of mine now, which is kind of yeah. crazy, you know, the work, cool. the way it goes. But, um, and I'm seeing that these guys are opening gyms in warehouses and yes. like making money and making their living that way. And immediately I was like, that's what I have to do. Yeah. I can get to, you know, wear shorts and a t shirt to work every day, help right. people move from where they are to where they want to go, you know, the definition of coaching and ultimately hopefully make such an impact on some people's lives that it truly changes who they are in their trajectory of their life. So that's right. what was my goal. I had no other idea about business. I had yeah. never taken a business course, had any idea about, you know, P and L's or, or lease agreements or any of that shit. I just sure. wanted to yeah. get rolling and help people right. and every day again, get to wear shorts and, and change people's lives, you know? Exactly. And like you said, kind of make some money doing it even better, right? It's kind of the most addictive, yeah, yeah. <laughs> addictive thing there is. And I'm so glad you said it, man, because like, you know, hear a lot of that, like, you know, people saying they get into the gym industry to not make money, like on purpose. And it's like, we need to break that stigma, man. Like, like it's okay to make money doing what you like to do. And we're, like you said, we get to help people coach them. We're selling coaching, really. You know, we're not like a plan of fitness type thing. So we're selling coaching and results and like, I can't think of much, uh, much of a better thing to do. So yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that. Really cool to hear, especially going back during the day. And it's funny you brought up like the Frank. I remember watching that stuff through YouTube, you know, because there was nothing, man. It was like you were doing like a boot camp in a park, or like you saw like the Frank on YouTube and stuff like that. You know, it was that was it. That those were like your options. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, that looks way cooler. So we're gonna we're gonna do that. So yeah, I had kind of a similar 
similar start. So very cool. So with your space now, they're ATS. Now, I know you kind of just told me where we're at now. I know you've moved a few times over the years. Yeah. Talk us through like the life cycle of like your actual physical brick and mortar spaces. Yeah, you know, and really quick, just to touch on a point you yeah. made. Yeah. Everybody jumps into the industry, personal trainers, coaches, whatever the case may be, and they feel guilty about accepting money. Right, right. right. And once you flip that switch and realize just how much of an impact you can have, it's Crazy. almost ignorant to not accept money for yeah. that impact, right? And we know, you know, the exchange of dollars does different things. It gets people invested. It makes them really want to push and finish, you know, what it is they set out to do. So yeah. number one, you know, you're building in baking and accountability. But number two, there's a value exchange, right? This is truly valuable. And if you believe that, if you believe in coaching as a model, then you have to accept money for it because it's so valuable, right? right? You can make such an impact, but sure. that's neither one or there. So, um, yeah. I agree. The life cycle of the business. So I started in a 550 square, uh, fair square foot storage closet, literally Joe DeFranco's story, weird, right? So quick story about that because it's cool. Yeah. I always tell the story. Uh, so I started my business on a B&E, right? Uh, a breaking and entering. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully no police officers are listening to this. I think statute of limitations may be up oh. for it anyway. Hopefully, yeah. So I come home my freshman year of college. And a couple of teammates said, hey, you know, we saw some of the stuff you were doing. Um, we heard you talking about your training. We want you to train us. I'm like, okay, no problem. Really? Like, come, to this, come to this batting cage yeah. around noon. We have the keys. We'll yes. get in. Dude, oh, I get there. They don't have keys. They're right. like, oh, we know a way in. So we break into this batting cage. Wow. like a wow. couple of kettlebells, right, yeah. and a batting cage. So I'm training these guys. They're doing kettlebell swings. I'll never forget. And the lights come on in the office, which is in the back of the warehouse. And I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, what's going on back there? Yeah, like, yeah. Sorry. Um, the owner, Jim, walks out. He's like, what are you doing? So I'm just like in the zone. I'm like, I'm just going to play it off like I'm supposed to be here. Maybe he's not the owner. I don't know. Right, so I'm just right. like, hey, man, give me one second. I'll be with you in a second. I got to finish coaching these guys right yeah. here. Yeah. It's like, no. He's like, no, you're not going to finish. Coaching. He's like, I'm the owner here. What are you guys doing here? Right. I'm like, hey, man, listen, let me just do my thing. Literally, I'm like, I'm trying to negotiate with him yeah 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 this guy you know credit to him i still talk to this day we're great friends he goes you know what let me see how this goes go ahead watches me coach and then he goes okay come back here tuesday night you're viewing wind up going there interviewing renting this 550 square foot yeah. where they yeah. kept their mops and brooms and all those things wow we were there we grew that to 65 members in 13 months okay went from there to 2100 square foot around the corner yeah 2,100 square foot. We got all the way up to 212 members nice. and we were literally running into ourselves. We couldn't take anyone else. You know, it was, it was too crazy. Yep. I had staffing, but I had no more space. So we couldn't scale right. any further. Right. We went, changed our model slightly, raised our prices significantly to essentially cater to people who were very serious about what we were trying to do. Yeah. Moved into 5,000 square foot here. And then the third building, so if you can imagine, we're in an industrial complex, so yeah. one building, two building. Initially, we had two. The third one opened up. We took that, which took us to 7,800 square foot. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool story. Uh, yeah, first time I've heard of break and enter and kind of started this business, uh, which is awesome, man. I love it. You know, uh, I think that's like true entrepreneurship right there uh, in the most legal sense. CJ, you can hear me, right? Can you hear me, man? Hang on a sec. I think we froze for a second. Hell. What the heck? Awesome. I got you now. I lost. There we go. All right. We're back, man. Oh, whoa. What the hell?
lost you for a second. We're back. All right, we're back. We're live. Dude, we're doing it live. Going. We'll just keep it rolling, man. We'll keep it rolling. We'll do it live. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, we got all in. So we got all that in. So yeah, moving to this 7,800 square foot up to prices, which is another story, which, um, yeah, are you cool talking about that a little pricing setup here? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, like, I think it's an important thing for sure. Like, yeah. How did you come up with your current model for pricing? Yeah. So, so, this, so I'll go, I'll do kind of two things. Yeah. Number one, yeah. the psychology of pricing, right? So like right. we said, everybody gets in and they feel guilty about taking money. They right. feel guilty about taking things from people. And that's how I felt too. You know, I'm, I'm the same way, right? I, I would feel bad charging five bucks. I have a, I have a journal from my first year in business where I used to charge $5 cash for a workout and I'd wow. write the guy's name. Like, so if you were training with me, I'd write Austin and I'd write five bucks. Like he, I collected the five, you know, I just feel bad about that. Um, but what really changed my mind was again, the impact, right. And the, and the value proposition when someone talked yeah. to me about, you know, what the training had done for their life or yeah. in the athlete sense for their career, all of a sudden it's like, man, there's a true value here. And then I thought about it even deeper. And I said, if I believe in what I'm doing, I have to back that in terms of value to yeah. the outside, to the client. You know, I hate the word client. It, it's yeah. very, it sounds transactional to me, but you know, so I have to back that uh, appropriately. So the advice I give new gym owners now to combat that or new trainers now to combat that is just do a little market research, right? You don't want to be the cheapest in town. If you believe you're good, you can't be the cheapest. Right. Straight away. Now, now I, I, again, I still think people battle with this self-confidence thing. So I say, go to the highest price point and then just go slightly below. And that's where, and that's where I want you to be. Now, the way we do our pricing structure as it currently stands, when the way we got to these numbers for our athletes specifically, you know, I train mostly baseball players. This will be our sixth draft class in a row with guys getting picked. Um, which is awesome. You know? So what I do specifically to that is I have figured out over the course of 10 years, right. I figured out what the monthly kind of nut that parents have to spend on outside training, which includes me, but it also includes skill development, outside teams, showcase all those different things. And I try to be about 60% of what I perceive to be that total um, number. Right. Yeah. So we're right around that 250 to 350, depending on how much you're training with us. Sure, sure. Um, on the adult side, we are, if not the highest price for small group, we're right there. And that's again, because I'm confident in the product that we put out. Yeah. I believe that we get the best results. And then, you know, which takes us right into the next idea that people come to gyms for results, but they actually right. stay for experience and relationship. Yeah. So, sure. You know, you asked me in the, in the pre-show and I didn't, I didn't answer it, but in the pre-show you said, is there something that makes you guys different? And it's our core value system and the way in which we approach each and every person with a specific superpower, right? right. It's just a right. quick lecture I give and I say, Hey, I'm going to help everyone here find their superpower, right? Yeah. My superpower is caring for people, right? right. That's what I was put on earth to do. Like I just do it better than anyone else. And I really believe that. Right. So it's baked into our core value system to not only educate people on how they can best care for themselves, but also that we're going to care for them more than anyone else would. Yeah, I love it. So now that I believe that and I trust in that, I'm comfortable, sh- uh, you know, raising those prices, charging what we charge. And ultimately, I'm comfortable in promising that this is going to be a, an experience that changed your life completely. It's not going to be something where you look back six months, 12 yeah. months, 18 months from now and say, ah, oh, I shouldn't have never started there. Right, you know? right. Yeah. So 
not to ramble on, but that's kind of what I believe. No, that's man. kind of the pricing models and structure. If a new gym yeah. owner, new trainers listen to this, I hope that helps. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I think CJ and I'm glad you shared that, man. Appreciate you sharing that first of all. And I love the things that you added in there. Like it is a valuable service we do. And then like about the value add, once we have this higher ticket price is also super important. And what, how did your mindset kind of flip? Have you ever worked with like a mentor or anything like that? Or just from your own personal education? How was that kind of, what was the big change you think? Yeah, it, it's, it's been a lot of mentors. Yeah. It's been a lot of mastermind groups. It's yeah. been all those yeah. things, right? That everyone does. Um, you know, one of the things that flipped my mindset around pricing specifically is working with two guys and I'll just name drop so people can go look them up or whatever and they can get a little props too. Um, Kyle Newell. And he, he owns, he owns Newell Strength, which is in North Jersey or what I would call North Jersey, more central than us. And uh, this other guy, Justin Kavanaugh, who uh, runs a mastermind and also owns uh, a gym, which is going to be called Athlete HQ. They're actually doing the build out right now, a brand new facility. Oh, oh nice. So Cav is a mentor on both of those yeah. fronts, both yeah. training and business. And right. Kyle was my business coach from, you know, the day I opened all the way up until essentially we moved into an 8,000 square foot building. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So working with those two guys. And again, it goes back to, do you believe in coaching? Exactly. Right? We sell coaching, but we're not willing to get it. That makes no sense. I agree, man. hundred percent. Same thing. And uh, yeah, like it's, I think, I think having a mentor is uh, super important. Somebody has been there and done it. And uh, yeah, we sell coaching all day. Got to be open-minded to that same thing. Agreed. So now with ATS, uh, CJ, how do you go about marketing your services, uh, getting people in the door, you know, growing your brand through marketing and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I'll give you kind of the, the cliff notes version. Yeah. Um, we have a full, a full marketing pyramid that we work off of. Right. Okay. And at the very base of that pyramid, we go back to that idea of culture. Right. And again, what I just said, you know, people come for results and we'll get them results. We are, we are very, very good coaches and we do a great job in our internship program, educating coaches to ultimately deliver the results that people need. Right. But we build a culture that really creates a third place for our members, right? Okay. You know, you have work, you have home, what's that third place? You know, that famous Starbucks book and all those things. Sure. How do you bake in a culture that has people wanting to come here for more than just training, you know, right. to come here to connect with the community. And with us, some of the best marketing we do are our in-house events. You know, we had mentioned off camera um, yeah. that we've done a fundraiser every single year for the last 11 years, even before the gym was a gym, right? right? Um, that one strong for a cause is what we call it. And it's always for a local cause, a local need that we feel needs our support, needs our backing, both in, in awareness and financially. So every single dollar we raise there, none of my coaches get paid. It's one of the funniest um, team meetings I've ever done. We had a new group of interns coming in on the first day of strong for right. a cause. And right. I said, listen, nobody gets paid for today. And if you want to get paid, you're in the wrong place. Get out. And everybody's like this. My new interns are like, oh my God, it's like this dude's serious. I'm like right. 100%, you know? So that's some of the best stuff that we do. We also do, um, you know, this is really funny. Uh, gym owners can steal this if they want. Just uh, give me some credit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we do what's called the Appies. So if you've ever seen The Office and the Dundies, right? We, sure, we yeah. do the Appy Awards. Um, yeah. Our awards are a little bit more serious, but all of them are geared towards our core values. So we award people for following through with our core values, not necessarily following through with results. So some of our core values are, you know, the blue collar mindset, essentially getting up from failure. Yeah. Uh, the hard hat principle, which essentially says you have to be consistent and clock in, you know, uh, a team, which is, Hey, you know, we support each other like family. 
So we award people based on following those core values and showing those core values within our facility. So again, you have this double layer of culture, right? We're building in these core values. We're baking them. They're on our walls. We talk about them. We have ways to put them into dialogues. And then we reward people that do them. Um, One of the other things we do is what the coolest thing we've ever done is the ATS prom. So so this one's cool. So that was for adults only, by the way. Right. I'm not dealing with the high school, our high school guys having another problem. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No way. But, um, so I asked, I asked all of our adult members, I said, when's the last time you guys had went to a prom, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago. I'm like, yeah, we need a prom. Everyone thought I was kidding. I rented a local wedding venue, caterer, DJ, the whole thing. I said, Hey, we got prom night coming up. You better get your tickets and get a date. You know, but all these things and it keeps people wanting, you know, number one, the next thing, but number yeah. two, it keeps them engrossed in the culture beyond just the training, you know, and yeah. I think it has to be that. So that's one of the ways we market. I, told, I, I said cliff notes and then I went rambling off for 20 minutes. No, it's um, all right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those events are uh, so important and for like retention too, it's massive, right? Like for that, exactly. like you said, that engagement of clients. And I recall the same thing. We had a ton of events too, like, you know, uh, competitions and different kind of parties like prom type things when yep. and people that attend these things or participate they're members for years and years and years they're like years right yeah yeah and then you also want to think about like hey you know where are the people that you want to serve right, right. so right. a lot of the people you want to serve are at the water cooler with your current members right yeah. so yep. if if i went to ats prom over the weekend i come into work on monday what am i going to talk about it's it's prom. a no-brainer yeah i'm gonna talk about yeah. dude i went to a prom you know like, what yeah where so yeah if people want to talk about creating word of mouth and this is a great way to do it um, I agree. but then you know you have to have more touch points right so how do you add those touch points yeah well content creation is huge what what kind of education can you give away and then and then on the back end of that you know gary yeah. v's thing is jab 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 right hook right on the back end of the content you create make some offers Right. Yeah. And that's where Instagram and Facebook marketing come in. Yeah. We were in the first wave of Facebook marketing, like everybody else, where it was really hot and heavy, you know, three cents a lead and all those things. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like that anymore. You know, you got to be a little bit of a, of a big fish to play in that pond now, but we do. Um, we just actually just restarted our paid traffic very yeah. recently. Um, post, uh, post C word. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yep. Yep. So for us, we do that as well, you know, so it's that. Um, stuff we could be better on that I think other gym owners should do daily emails. We're horrible. We send out one monthly newsletter. We finally lock that in, but otherwise I think that's a great way. And, um, website traffic, you know, you can run Google ads, you can do AdWords, you can write blogs that get you up into the top searches on Google for your area, which are all valid things that we don't do effectively. Right. Well, hey man, I appreciate you sharing yeah, pros and cons there and like a nice yeah. multifaceted marketing approach because we have to have that. We can't just rely on word of mouth, right? It's like doesn't, to me that like leaves everything up to fate and sometimes fate is not conspiring for us, like, you know, in the best way possible. So yeah, I love that. And I like these brought up the education part with social media. Like it's like if we can out educate everybody in a good way, out share them. Uh, and then like you said, kind of throw us, put the sale piece on the back end of it. I think that's awesome, man. So yeah, love what you guys are doing with that. So Let's focus on all, all these good things we're doing too, man. Now, I know your staff, you have a staff in place, CJ. Yep. A lot of gym owners are looking to, are having trouble. I talk to gym owners all over North America. Hiring is a problem. We, we, we both know we cannot scale to that next level without a good team. So talk to us about your staffing setup. I know you mentioned the internship process already. So maybe that more and more about your two, like your sales manager, your head coach, all that good stuff. Yeah. 
So one of the things that we do ex extremely well, you know, humble brag is our internship process, right? right? We bring in two to three interns every single college semester and we hire exclusively from our internship program. So we right. never put out job ads. We never hire, yeah. you know, from cold traffic. We only hire through our internship process. Now, will I do a little bit of recruiting on the internship side if I see a, a student yeah. that I think is really promising and has great energy and all those things? Absolutely. I'll tell you what, though, I'm wrong more than I'm right. So I'm so glad that we get an extended interview period with, yep. you know, an internship where I can right. see what this person's like in, you know, when everything's going right and when shit hits the fan, you know? Yeah. So, it will. yeah, exactly right. Then you could yeah. see when, how they interact with different people. You could see where they would be a best fit in your business. So that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, for gym owners out there, if you're not doing an internship process, you got to start, right? right. Now we're lucky in New Jersey and we're lucky with, you know, I'm a professor as well. So I work at the university, makes it really wow. easy, but we were doing the inter we were yeah. doing the internship well before I started there. Um, okay. Actually the internship probably helped me get, land the gig there more so than the other way around. Yeah. That's cool. um, but yeah, so we have a complete syllabus, you know, we, we have continuing ed for them built in. We bring them, we treat them just like the team. You know, if we're going yeah. off site to continuing ed, we bring them with us. So it's an encompassing experience. I always think if you're not going to hire somebody and Austin calls me and he says, Hey, I have, I need a guy that I can give you a guy. Right. Awesome. This, yeah. Actually this past summer, I sent one of my interns to Michigan right. Right. to coach for the whole summer because I, that's how confident I was in, in what he had gone through. He had never coached for us, only intern. Okay. And I got him a paid job in Michigan again, because I was confident in his, in his yeah. ability yeah. as the internship. So that's, that's how awesome. we hire. Okay. Yes, that's great, man. And, uh, you know, obviously you've created a business now where you're serving clients, but then you get to create a space when you can like have this internship program and then uh, have employees, which is awesome, provide, provide them an opportunity to grow, which is awesome, man. And uh, being a professor too, really cool. So I know you now also have two hires, like a sales manager, right? So somebody yep. who's responsible for doing all the intake, all the sales, which yes. is so important, you know, so talk to us about that role um, and for people that are interested in learning more about, you know, how to best do that. Yeah, so we call that our growth team. So our growth team essentially is, is three people, right? It's our liaison. It's my head coach on the fitness side and myself, which, yep. you know, for lack of a better term, you would call me the head coach on the athlete side. Right. Uh, so essentially that liaison role is going to handle all incoming leads, right? Okay. He's going to be the initial point of contact for all incoming leads. He's yep. going to schedule all initial consults. He's going to ultimately make sure to follow through and make sure that people show up for those consults. And then he's going to do the actual sales piece. Nice. Now, you know, his KPIs are a little bit different than a coach, right? Sure. I like to keep my coaches focused on coaching and yep. have their KPIs be results and retention driven. Right. I like my, for my sales guy, you know, we call him our liaison. I like for yeah. my liaison, his KPIs to be, you know, how many leads, which is really on our, you know, outsource to our marketing team, sure. how many showed up, which is big, right? Because right. especially with cold traffic, getting them to show up to the door is hard, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and then what are our sales numbers like? And sales numbers is, are the, is the one key that I'm least interested in. Right. Because sometimes you, know, you have people that just aren't a fit and that's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've sure. said no to many an athlete when we yeah. sat down in the meeting, many a parent, and I'll tell you what, it's funny because parents don't like that. I'm yeah. like, Hey, it's not a fit. They're like, what do you mean? Like we have the money. I'm like, yeah, it's, I don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. We have to, we have to protect and defend the culture a little bit. Um, and we're in a position where we could do that. You know, obviously new gym owners, stuff like that can't do that. 
Um, but everyone should aspire to get to that piece. And then on the sales side for the adults, you know, some people just aren't going to be a fit, you know, but in that, in that, uh, sales interview, in that meeting, you know, however you call it, we call it a one-on-one for our adults. We call it an assessment for our athletes. We're going to do an intake form, health intake, you know, general stuff. We're going to do some type of screening, uh, on the athlete side, it's much more in depth on the adult side, a little bit less, you know, a movement screening of sorts. We're going to do some sort of training. So yeah. on the adult side, we're trying to introduce them to what coaching's like. Sure. On, the, sure. on the athlete side, we're trying to identify weak points and areas of focus. Yep. Yep. And then we're going to get to a, a close, which for us is going to be a prescriptive close always. You know, we're going to tell them exactly what we think they need based on what we just went through yep. and based on what they've told us. Love it. And then we're going to prescribe what we think. Yeah. Sometimes your prescription doesn't match the budget or things like that. And that's where you as the owner or you as the coach have to make yep. the decision like, you know, we want you to come four days a week, whatever you right. can afford one. That's right. where sometimes you might say to a person, Hey, we're just not a fit for you. And I might refer them out to somewhere cheaper. Yeah. It's like, Hey, based on what you need, you need to get in. You need, you need more contact points. Right. Sure. Or maybe there is some way to work with them. Maybe you take them to hybrid where, you know, one's in person and, and three are online delivered or something like yeah. that. But again, it's always going to be prescriptive to the individual, right? You know, you you can't call your doctor on the phone for the most part and have him write you a prescription, right? He has to see you, okay? Maybe somewhere, I don't know, but- Maybe not all doctors, yeah, most doctors, yeah, for sure. (laughs) But most docs, right? Yeah. So I wanna, wanna, you know, take it to that same level and be prescriptive in that that same idea, in that same way. I love that, man. I love the whole process behind it and setup you guys have and uh, having these defined roles is so important and these systems so important. And uh, being able to, you mentioned that they're like, kind of upsell, downsell certain members um, to, if, if there's a fit there, which is you guys are able to do, which is huge. You're not just like SOL, you know, if, if it does not a fit. So that's really cool. Uh, with that kind of being said, CJ, with your members that you do have, like, are they buying from you or ways to kind of increase average revenue per member besides that base group model? Up, like, we kind of just alluded to it, but what does that look yeah. like? No, absolutely. Yeah. So we do offer one-on-one. It's a small yeah. part of our business, but it is certainly an upsell. It's a, it's a yeah. higher ticket item. If we have people, whether it be on the adult uh, general pop side or athletes that have a specific weakness, a specific thing that they want to work on, focus on, whatever the case may be, we we can take them out of that small group model, put them into that one-on-one model. And usually we use that supplementally, not as, you know, a standalone, although we do have some people that are standalone one-on-one. Another thing, you know, just quickly going back to that prescriptive close, another another way to kind of, or sometimes what will happen is you'll prescribe one-on-one to someone, you know, hey, you're very out of shape. You know, right. and it's, my big thing is I want to help you effectively. Yeah. You're very out of shape. Now we work on a small group model, right? Six to one. But if you're right. so out of shape, so deconditioned that you can't even maybe do a warm up as a group, yeah. well, maybe one-on-one is a good supplemental piece for you early on where we can then transition you to small groups. So we do that a lot too. The other stuff we do, we do apparel sales. We're, we're systematizing that still currently. Um, we do online stores, which make it very, very easy, right? Yeah. I think a big gym owner mistake that I, I know I've made is that you order like 40 t-shirts yeah, you have six that sit in your closet forever. And that, those were your profit. I got about 75 CrossFit Danbury t-shirts in my closet still from, from 2011. So yeah, it's, it's insane. So uh, yeah, man, uh, but stuff we learned over, over 10, 12 years of gym ownership, you know, which is uh, really cool to see. And like, uh, obviously yeah. we, we want to keep growing, man. So with all being, all that being said, CJ, you've done a lot, man. Uh, story's awesome. What's next, man? What's this next year look like for you guys uh, to get even better? 
Yeah, it's interesting, too, because uh, this is something that we talked about yesterday with my new internship class. And uh, we're talking about, you know, goal setting, right? And visioning, you know, vision board stuff. Right. Especially after the C word, I think think my new objective is to have what what I'm calling AO, which are aspirations and options, right? So I have things that we want to accomplish as a business, but I also always want to be flexible enough to have options in how we accomplish those things. So, you know, a good aspiration might be, Hey, I'd like to have three full-time employees that can all count on me, you know, to, to essentially pay for their families, right. Support their families. And then the way in which we get there, I like to have options for. So yes, we could go up to 200 members, you know, which I think we'll hit, like I, like I was saying in, in September, um, With that being said, though, if that doesn't happen or we have a pushback or a fallback, okay, here's another option that we have. We could upsell one-on-one. We could really push it hard. Oh, here's another option that we have, you know, in-house too. We didn't mention we have a physical therapist in-house. We also build out what's called what we call a recovery studio, which has pneumatic compression therapy, heat, uh, heat therapy, vibration therapy. Uh, electric stem therapy and infrared sauna technology. Oh yeah, there we, we go. We could, we could push memberships for our recovery studio yeah. to get yeah. to that, right? Like all these different things. So sure. I think the next thing for us is to continue to keep our options open and remain true to essentially what we talk about, our culture, yeah. right? So I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to try to find the people who truthfully we can change their lives. And our, and our yeah. motto here at the gym is change lives one rep at a time. So I think we're going to try to keep finding the people who will allow us, right? Because coaching is permission-based. Yeah. Who will allow us to coach them to a brand new life, to a brand new body that allows them to write a better story, to yeah. a brand new level of performance that allows them to change the trajectory of their career. Um, and if we don't find enough of those people, that's okay too, because we have other options built in. So yeah. I, I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, you know, but- Oh um, man, that's- That's where yeah. I think- about- Big picture stuff. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And uh, especially at this point in the game of like your life cycle of the business, like it's perfect, right? Like yeah. always adapting, kind of always evolving. And I love uh, the aspirations and options. That's, that's what it was, right? I think that's, yep. AO. You I think that's perfect. On AO. Especially for the kind of state of the world these days, man. I think that's awesome. So uh, CJ, awesome place to, I believe, wrap this episode up, man. Where can the listeners check you out? Uh, website, social media, all that good stuff. <laughs> Yep. Social media everywhere is at happy hour. So happy hour with no H. Really? Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. All right. Yep. I'm going to follow you after this, man. So cool. Awesome. So, uh, dude, appreciate you so much. Uh, this was a pleasure having you on today, man. And, uh, wish you continued success. Thanks brother. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. You got it, man. Listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like, and subscribe to be notified for our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Mercedes Godfrey from Health, Adult Health and Fitness Today out of Palm Desert, California. What's going on, Mercedes? Welcome to the Hi, show. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm doing good myself. I'm excited to have you on. Excited to hear, you know, what you have going on at your facility. You just started this nonprofit. Um, at least you opened this past year in 2021. So excited yeah. to hear about you. Um, but cool, let's not waste any time here. How how did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with owning your own fitness facility? All right. Well, let's let's go down. First of all, thank you for this. What you guys do here is super cool. It's really good for us all. And I'm very excited. You guys are going to be successful and I'm thrilled to be on your show. <laughs> um, secondly, um, uh, I am a person that is generally in business for myself throughout my lifetime. I was a hairdresser. I've been a realtor. I, I have been a trainer in the gyms. I've been the spin teacher, all of that. And then um, uh, I would not have opened a storefront as a gym in this environment right now. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people wouldn't. No, because it's really frightening. And um I had just, I, I'm a 501c3, a nonprofit organization. I got influenced from teaching an aerobics class at a senior center at six in the morning, did it for the money and came out with, hey, if I offer classes to people 50 and over, I can get grant money for that, get out of Dodge, but I have to be a 501c3. Now that was not a simple feat, but it yeah. was a really good revenue stream. So um, it, it occurred to me to break away from just being a trainer and a teacher and create a space where I can do it all day long, fitness all day long. And I'm not just finding spaces to do that. Um, so um, we got a space. We got 2,500 square foot March 1st and March 15th. They closed it all down. So my plan for group fitness and and maybe uh 25 bucks a month or whatever it was that i was going to charge i didn't get to do that so um but what got me started in it was how can i be a trainer and make a difference in people's lives yeah and still charge them a hundred bucks an hour and not tell them something that's going to offend them yeah um I, that's very hard but when i taught in a group form where the company was paying me and not the clients, I could be honest and truthful and do what I needed to do. So this group form is what I believe things need to go to. You can do circuit training in your gym in group form with five or six people easily, but then you can charge less. And right now, money is everything. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. You know, and I also believe that during COVID shutdown, it taught me better have something online. So we built a website and that took a minute to learn how to use cameras and gear. I'm a musician, so I knew how to do uh, sound gear and that sort of thing. So we worked at a fairly high level. Um, but now that we're open to the public, 
and we have a website. Almost every single thing that we do live, we video. And I pay, I have a guy on staff that does all of them. Yeah, our producer. And um, um, right now our website is free. And that during COVID, that was how I got uh, emergency money and things because I was still connecting with constituency. Um, I'm not trying to compete with every online. There's so many, and, and I want to say this. I work with a crew myself and we work at a high level, but mm -hmm. many of these companies have a staff <laughs> of 30 people and a male model yeah. that is fitting out. You know, this is not real. We can't compete with that kind of marketing. So um, I just want to say that, that having something virtual and something live, I think is going to be the key in the future. Yeah. Definitely super important. I mean, virtual training has <clears throat> completely changed the game and added a whole new source of revenue for gym owners. So that's crazy to see. And, and I know you guys pretty much have do virtual training and group training, correct? Um, about how many members are you serving right now? Uh, right now we're serving, I wouldn't say like 53. We have three. Right now I do only three classes out of my studio. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, at seven in the morning, eight thirty in the morning, and ten in the morning, and those are three days a week. I and do you have them pay monthly? Uh, uh, no. Every fifteen weeks, okay. I charge a, a registration fee, and I am not charging out the door because I just need some people to get in right now. Yeah. Now, this is my. If you start putting a per head. $5 per head, $3 per head. That is a class killer in a second. I don't care what gym you're at. It's not 10 years ago when you could fill a 50 bike spin room at $20 a head. Right. That's not happening anymore. And not even viable to charge that, you know, lease of amount. Are you getting paid you know, through grants? So basically you're able to charge this very low rate because the government is covering the rest for you. Is that? Yeah, but that is not. Okay. So okay. I am only three years old, so I can't even get government and city grants yet. Now that I really know how it all works, you have to really yeah. qualify for stuff. So what I do is I have people that fund me. So at the beginning of all of this, I came up with my idea for a community center that encompasses a space for, um, for a gym, like for eight, pieces of gym gear, you know, a couple of legs, a couple of arms, some pulleys, something that you could get a full workout in so people could use that as a gym with a couple of rooms, like a room to fit 20 people in for group exercise or a yoga room or a room for counseling. Um, I believe in bereavement counseling. I believe yeah. in, 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 in life coaching. And if you could come to anything you wanted to for $25 a month, that would be really important. And so grant yeah, money grant money you really have to service at least 100 people you know i mean for them to take a look at you and you have to learn a little bit how it goes but they make a lot of hullabaloo about a grant writer of love yeah no yeah, yeah we can all read and, and i think this is a beneficial conversation because there's um you know quite a few nonprofit gyms that are starting to open up now so 
as of right now, it, it's almost like you kind of have some benefactors that are able to help you. You want to get to the grant money, but there's, you know, obviously um, certain requirements that you, you need to get in order to receive it. What are some of those requirements that yeah, you're trying I can, to hit? I can, I can tell you about that entirely. And this is why yeah. I got money. Um, I have been in business for a really long time doing hair and I knew I just had friends and clientele that had enough capacity to do something for me. But here's the deal. You don't ask somebody for money unless you got something really good to fund. I don't care if it's your best friend. I don't care if it's your mother. It's yeah. stupid. And so make sure you're prepared. So um, when I decided I wanted to do a nonprofit, I had done a study of my class. Uh, I had um, a third party do a formal report for me. And so we did um, a data, you know, it was on, on Excel and then they- Right, so a whole business plan. Yeah, and, yeah. and but this was also, I did a study on how much benefit people got from working my program. And it's called an evidence-based program. And you, you have go. to have evidence, okay? It's not that big of a deal. We do it every day in our jobs with fitness training and evaluations. I mean, we're very prepared for this. So uh, they thought I was a genius at school. I'm laughing, just going, no, I'm a trainer. What's up? Um, but anyways, um, in order to get that, I met through HARP, was a nonprofit. Okay. They were able to help me with a nonprofit expert. And he was at another nonprofit. And he, I asked him, can you help me obtain nonprofit status? Can you walk me through the paperwork? And he did. I had him do a little bit at a time with me. The first step is you incorporate and you go to the yeah. secretary of state and you incorporate. If you want to do all this, you need to choose a board of directors, three people that work out a lot at your gym. Yeah. 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 You know, and like I had that, I have people that have been working out with me now for six years and that those are the people from my board that again, right, it's right. the team. And, and, and it would be my pleasure to, to, if people, if you had any inquiry about 501c3, it would be my pleasure to help people get steered in some sort of a direction or give some kind of a, uh, um, you know, um, a more explicit evaluation on what has to happen because there's, of course, some but, of course. Um, and so I know that, that, you know, you are trying to get to that hundred member mark and that's part of you know, one of the requirements, at least in order to get the grant money that you're looking for as a nonprofit, which is really important if That's you right. are a nonprofit. So, so what are you kind of actively doing right now to get to that hundred member mark? All right. So actively what we do in order. So when we opened in September, I hadn't even been around anyone that I had taught or trained for almost two years. Okay. So I had absolutely nothing. When I first made this plan, I was exiting a space where I had at least 20 to 30 people every day at 8.30 and maybe 15 at six. I mean, it was crazy. I had a huge crowd, but it all went away. But <laughs> things got real, okay? Yeah. So here's what we're doing. I have a woman that I work with and I paid Kathy before I could afford to pay her on salary. I paid her okay. for casework, a marketing person, trust a professional, okay? okay? And and what type of marketing was she doing for okay, you? Okay, so what we did first, you write down what you do in nonprofit. We call it a mission. You don't have to call it a mission or call it a mission. It makes you sound smart. Well, what is your mission? Your my mission is to improve public health and wellness for adults. All right, that's our mission. And so 
then um, find, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is figure out, figure out exactly what you do and then so that you can articulate to a person what it is and then ask somebody to help you navigate how to get in the newspaper. Like think about what is important. Like here in my area, the Desert Sun newspaper, people of 60 and over demographic read that. So when I'm advertising for senior classes, I'll advertise in that. Um, if I'm looking for something younger, I might do something on the radio. Now I have the ability to record my own little PSA and, yeah. and give it to a station. Cool, um, cool. And how are the results with that? Because I know, at least radio, it's really hard to track, right? It's hard to track when your members coming in. Like, are they coming from the radio? Did I get a good return? Yeah, on that one, that one, that one has not been. I've and I've only done it twice. Okay. But we do, but when we do Desert Sun, we've done three marketing campaigns with them because you buy eight at, to get the price. <laughs> to get the good price, you buy a, a block. Now, most of the newspapers, most local newspapers, are it's hard to understand as a layperson, uh, but, but an insertion order and what to do. But that's why you hire somebody and just pay them a little bit of money to do that. Okay. Um, if you're in business for yourself and you're not a 501c3, you get to write it off later. Um, but everything that I have right now, I had a handful when I was in, when I was at the club working, I had on all of your waivers, anything that you have, you better have all contact information at the top. Right. Yeah, I, I asked you for your cell phone and your email and everything else. I won't blow you up. That's just for emergency. But then a health questionnaire or something like that. But you, then you have someone to call and you call them up and say hi. And um, I'm, I'm really looking at the 50 and over because if you're 50 to 75 years old, you're still working. And you probably yeah. have enough money to come. And you right. might even, now you're starting to get old and now you really want to. And now you're hearing me. You see the importance of being healthy, right? Have you ever tried anything like, like digital marketing, like Facebook ads, Instagram ads? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Facebook for sure. Now, I, I, I haven't, I had a sister-in-law that was 52 years old. That okay. stroked, she stroked out and died in over the holiday out wow. of nowhere so again just exclamation point on we've all been sitting around uh afraid alone and in front of a screen and fear leads to anger isolation leads to depression and screen time leads to big fat loppy bodies and they're all sick you <laughs> exactly. know and um here's the deal is that for all people that are interested in fitness this is so much more than hustling clients now. This is so much more than being a badass at the gym. This is so much more. Most trainers are a bunch of knuckleheads anyways. I mean, come on, if you're a gym owner, then you got something going on. And uh, find a way to contribute to the community and do and get your name out there and do for it. Sure. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, word of mouth is just a big you know, when building that that baseline of membership, word of mouth, community outreach, it's huge. It's important. But the, the one bad thing I would say is that it's hard to make a game plan for growth with word of mouth, right? It's, it's hard to just yeah, because last month you were able to get five members through word of mouth, through re referrals. Right, right, doesn't right. mean the next three months that the same rate of growth will continue. So that's at least for me where I've seen 
yeah, how Facebook ads, Instagram's ads, it's really changed the game for gym owners because they're able to get, you know, interested leads on a consistent basis with basically a touch of a button here. Um, so it's and, really crazy. And with the see. analytics and stuff like that on Facebook too, you can see what you're doing. Right. The problem with Facebook is- the T. Yeah, but the problem with Facebook is that if you're trying to do something at your local gym in your local area, you really have to specify that and you better have all local people on your line. Now, that's why I'm trying to do more PSA yeah. um, um, ideas and, and ways to work and things to use. Um, yeah, de I mean, so definitely strategies too, because I mean, at the same time, it, for Facebook ads, you could literally target your oh, yeah. age, your demographic, your gender oh, yeah. and location. Yeah, so and I could the zip code if you want 50 to. 50 yeah. plus, all in Palm Desert, all females, you know, uh, and run ads strictly to them. Um, did, did you see good results at least when you did the Facebook uh, ads? Yeah, or? yeah. And, I, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've earned I've earned money with that. Okay. Um, I, I like social media. Again, when my sister-in-law died, I just jumped back for a minute and didn't post anything. And I just got out of the habit because to do a schedule, a proper schedule on there, like I haven't posted on our Facebook line for like five months, probably that's bad on me. Okay. But, um, but this is the deal is that you want the name to just keep coming up, even if they're not hitting it, even if, if they see it and go, Oh, look at, I saw that. Oh, I saw that. Um, what is it? Eight times somebody has to see it before they remember it. Is that the, true? You know, and we do when we run with the, um, so when we run ads with our local newspaper, you also get are buying their digital newspaper and digital okay. ads. You really need a professional because they're you an do. entirely different thing. But yeah, it, I mean, it, it's brand new. It just, you know, when I, I started running ads, um, you know, for for different websites or companies that I made in 2016. And even me, myself, it was a learning curve. I lost more money than I made that first year, spent money to, to not get the results that I wanted, um, you know, while learning how, how to run ads correctly, how to target the correct people, how to target the right location. Um, what's the number that you think you could hy hypothetically handle in your, in your nonprofit when you're thinking, you know, okay, I, I need to grow to get these grants. Um, my goal is to grow my facility. What's that goal number for you? Well, right now I have 2,500 square feet and I can fit about 15 to 17 at a time. Depends on if we're using okay. natural chairs. Okay. For group training. Yeah. And I do all group training right now because that, that's how I can get my numbers. There's only two of us that teach. And it really took somebody because we do strength. I do this like spin and we do it to the rhythm of the music. Yeah. We use yeah. small weights and resistance bands and it's a real workout. And so it's pretty specialized, but it's super fun. And, um, and that's the goal is to just have fun team, tribe, and family. And when you, I, one of my programs is called Balanced Living, Exercise, Nutrition, and Lifestyle. And it's primarily gear, geared for people that have never exercised before and it's their first time. Or for people that are maybe a little bit older and want to take it down a notch, not go so fast. But it, in nutrition and lifestyle. So you're having exercise, knowledge, and socialization. And these cover some other human aspects that are lost in COVID. So you, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to ask, do you guys do like nutrition and accountability for your members as well? So like maybe giving them a nutrition <laughs> plan or something like that along those lines. Okay. So 
So what I do is um, a class for me, and this becomes a program as I add five minutes, we talk about a health topic and um, with a handout. And then we do every 15 weeks, we do an evaluation, just do a fitness evaluation, squats, lunges, uh, just do a quick written thing. Um, but we do goal setting. Okay, so my version of goal setting is, um, is <laughs> it's you do it in four steps. You add something and take away something, add something, take away something. I have one goal. My goal is to lose 10 pounds. So in order to do that, I'm going to add you know, more vegetables and take out blah, blah, but you do it in steps. And so that it's not so overwhelming. So people can take charge of their lives. And then I have food lists. I don't tell people what to eat because I'm not a nutritionist and that's yeah. not cool for us when we're broadcasting like this. But, um, but I can give everybody something in their hand to look at. That's really terrific that I know Very came true. from Boston university or whatever. And so like an acid alkaline food list. It's easy to print up and have, and it's basically a keto eating formula, but acid alkaline, if you eat as alkaline as possible and you have immune deficiency or cancer or something like that, uh, alkaline eating can be so beneficial to you. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's sure. just nutrition. So, um, and, and that, that visceral fat, the fat that stores in your midsection around all of your, um, organs the way you can know you have this dangerous fat is if your tummy mushy or is it hard yeah okay so visceral fat will kill you and you need to kind of starve that off so you've got this guy paying you 100 bucks an hour to train him and you're like dude you don't quit it with the beer and that visceral fat you're just going to die anyway okay <laughs> So when I'm working in group, yeah, sure. and I didn't pay that much for it. And I tell the truth. I can tell it to the group in some general way and not specifically, but that's a really good way to get cues out there and, and make no mistake about it. We're all catering to our clients right now, but to what am, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and what does your pricing structure look like? Is it just one level of service that you pay you one know. level of service. Okay, so I, I'm going to tell you this right now because I'm working at a different in a different situation right now than I'd like to. Okay. Uh, for the next year, I bet you I'm going to be like this, but then I'm going to switch to this other. So right now, I have enough money to sustain my life at a part-time level for all my employees, but anything I want to do more than that, I have to earn it. Yeah. So uh, in order to get grants, you must be a little bit self-sufficient. So I charge... <laughs> I charge $45 for 15 weeks and it's ridiculously inexpensive. But ridiculously. Yeah. yeah that, that's yeah. really inexpensive. Yeah, it is. But you know what? Here's the deal. I just needed to get some people in the door and I had to stay alive anyway. I just came off of two years of paying the rent, you know, out of thin air. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, not panic mode, obviously, but you do have to figure something okay, out so at this but now, point. Right? But now what happens with those people is it doesn't matter if I'm a 501c3 or not. They just give me more money than that. Like they give me $100. They don't give me $45. They give me, they give me way more money than that. So, uh, but I'm able, I've been able to sustain money with, with, with donations and I am fortunate wow. to have some people that believe in what I'm doing and they participate with me period flat. Okay. Well, here's the deal. 
I need that new gym. I need that new space because I must be more self-sufficient. I have 2,500 square feet and one big room. So I can't open a gym all day long and charge a monthly. It's not right. You know what I'm saying? Now I could, I could knock the hell out of my numbers. I mean, I don't care if I was getting grant money or not. We all just need some people to come in our door. So what can you offer? Mm -hmm. So what I do is I do it in 15 week segments so that I can make changes when I want to. I've only done two. And what steps do you think that you have to take really in order to get to that self-sufficient point, right? Because that's, you know, important for you to to continue moving with your facility. Um, So so what are those steps that you need to take? Well, first of all, one of the things that we did was we just got, we are going to do um, online. We have, we just set up our shopping cart and I've just got to get our merchandise and I just got it. Need to get that all set up. Um, we're going to do some stuff like that, but weights, bands, and balls, you know, I mean, uh, just so that people can easily just go to our website, they can take a class, they can just get whatever they need on there. It's just a lot of work to get that all lined up. And, um, but on Amazon, if you have them, I'm not going to sell all, or, or you can drop ship to everybody. Yep. There's a thing called drop ship. Right. <laughs> and you can even get it with your logo on it. And it's the way to go yeah. right now. Everybody needs to start considering virtual. I don't care if you're a little stretching center in podunk, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, get a camera. Okay. So for like 1200 bucks, you can go on Amazon and I have an X3 Canon and it's not that hard to figure out how to use. Um, um, Record yourself. You could, you know, upload it to, to different websites. You know, it, it's really crazy what you can so, do. So Vimeo, here's the deal. Uh, um, if you want people to come to your podcast or your video or whatever, you probably need to be uh, on YouTube. But for me, I line up my set list just like a spin class with all kinds of groovy music that I can't play on YouTube. So on Vimeo, they don't, um, they don't ask me. Now, I'm not trying to earn money with it right now, so I haven't gone into that. And that's the consequence for all of us in the fitness industry um, about using uh, licensed music. But it's part yeah. of that. Okay, so the algorithm. It's the algorithm. First of all, uh, music that people like and that they're familiar with and that's upbeat is really a connector. Yeah, and, come, and it... It allows them to get through the workout too, you know? Oh, dude, we just dance it up. It is so much fun. <laughs> Everybody has fun. We do Tina Turner. We sing. We do everything. Just curious though, how many people do you have in your virtual training program? Because I know it's mostly group training here, but out of your 53 members, what's like the split look like for people that are doing virtual versus people who are actually you know, I have so few doing virtual. I probably maybe have 12 consistent people on my website right now, but okay. I have not done a website push. Okay. So I want to say this, that I'm talking about 501c3 and website and all this. I'm a hairdresser and a trainer. And now I do all this. So I want to say to everybody, if you're smart enough to own your own company and to get where you're at, you're smart enough to learn all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's not easy. And for you to grow, you know, Alex, for you to grow a company and sell that off, heck, that wasn't easy either. But this is what I want to tell everybody. All you have to do is read. You can Google it, find out how. 
read the directions, whatever. And um, if you want to go ahead and incorporate, that doesn't hurt you to incorporate, you know, and, um, and that start learning processes and start learning how the government works. And by the way, OSHA, so pay attention to OSHA, but don't get all crazy over it, you know? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, very true. <laughs> okay, so I just want to say that, 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 that we're having a lot of hysteria right now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. across the world, you know, COVID changed so much and, and really put a damper in the fitness industry. Crazy to see how the government didn't do much to actually take care of the fitness industry more so because they're stupid so yeah. here's you know, that's <laughs> the other thing in my in my community center see what i'm doing is that i'm going to i have to do the entire business plan it's crazy but i am doing it okay um so that, that we could duplicate this anywhere well what right. i'm doing is if i because we have to hire now we cannot hire independent contractors anymore i have yep, to yep. hire a team so, they have to be w2 what what yeah. does your what is your idea for the, the perfect business here that's one question that i like to ask people like if you could have a magic wand mercedes and basically you know tap your business and have the the perfect business in your eyes what would that look like to you uh okay so i have two answers to that first of all uh, what I have right now for what we're doing for a one space, I, I have myself and then and then my double and Lisa uh, Jones. She's super awesome, and um, and right now filling those classes and helping individuals just stay up. And that has been the purpose. Have an authentic boots on the ground, real purpose, and know what that is. And um, and when you're in a group like that, that's what you get. Now. Awesome. Awesome, yeah, awesome. But 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 let's talk about business. Okay. So so you have to be contributing to the universe, but you have to do business. So what I'm doing, like, um, okay, first of all, I run QuickBooks for myself, but I hire the bookkeeper on the other side to handle it. It's one of the biggest things I want to say to people. Find a way. And um Get people, don't ask people to invest in your business. Ask them for COVID relief money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, but, um, but to get clients to come in the door, um, having consistent recognition. I kept my ads in the same format. Yeah. Like I might, I filled up my seven o'clock class. So I want to fill up the other two classes. Um, consistency in getting newbies. Okay. So I actually had more people but um during covid no 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 right after when i very first started this okay uh, okay uh, we had um i had a good portion of people that have done this before or have done it with me before there was 10 brand new people and of that 10 only seven i mean only um three stuck so what that's telling me in this environment is everybody wants to do something about it, but doing something a few days a week is more commitment than people really want to make right now because they've done nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, um, you know, like a dual sword, right? Like, like membership churn and, you know, client retention is always super important. And, And I always tell people that the way you you keep members for a longer period of time is giving more value by you know making them feel at home 
um, being able to provide more services than, you know, just doing the same thing that your neighborhood next door gym is doing. Because a lot of these, you know, big box gyms that are probably around you down there in Palm Desert, their main tactic is to price gouge, right? So yeah. they're selling dirt cheap memberships, $15, um, fill up as much as you as we could. Here's some free group training training classes. So so that's really how you make yourself stand out by providing the value by, you know, maybe even charging more. I don't think your price point at $45 oh, no. is too expensive. And, and again, coming right out of COVID, but, but it's because I could. Yeah, right. It's because I could. Um, and also, um, I work with diminished capacity. Like uh, I work at uh, DAP Health um it's a huge camp it's they it used to be desert aids project and now they're about 50 percent um not aids but but low income um whatever i do once a week at some places outside just because it makes me look good and i can put that in the paper mm -hmm. so i want to talk about that advertising i use the same thing so people recognize my logo and my ad but i might put different information on them oh yeah i saw that ad oh yeah takes eight times for people to remember it Yep. And um, and that that being said, that think about your Instagram line, that there's the one ads that you see all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like whatever. So those are I think that those are really effective as well. Um, sure. um, I think that um, gym owners, though, want to really do something local. And I'm telling you right now, flyers and word of mouth is a big darn deal. Right, right. Just hard, just hard to 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 track, right, and make a a game plan. And I I like, you know, like to challenge people in saying that if you have a really good ad, a really good Facebook ad, it really take a good offer. That's a big thing, right? Why are people clicking on your ad because right. of the offer that you're giving them? Is it you know a transformation challenge? Is it hey, in six weeks we'll help you lose 20 pounds. Hey, in six weeks, we'll take away all your knee pain. You know, that's the type of stuff that people want to click on. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the biggest bottleneck you're facing right now? It's your first year of opening. Um, you obviously want to get to that point of being able to get grant money, get to a hundred member mark. What's the biggest bottleneck you're facing I right now? two things that are unexpected that I did not expect. The first okay. thing is I expected everyone to run out and just get going again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that I am shocked how many people who I thought would come didn't come. I'm also surprised to organically let it grow. That's the hard thing for us too, because you want people to come that want to be there, you know. Um, but I didn't, I'm I don't have it's not the same people, and I expected more. And I'm I'm surprised, but I see it's everywhere. It's just we need to understand that yeah. right now. It is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and, and definitely a belief, a belief that gets broken with gym owners really quickly is that, you know, you could scale, you know, grow your business and, you know, see the success, the profitability that you want through just word of mouth. You know, that that's like something that I've noticed across the board as well. What do you think is like some of the steps you need to take to get to that point of getting the grant money you want? you know, getting the uh, hundred members. What uh, do you think is a step for you that you need well, to Well, first of all, just a basic bottom line for everybody. And when I said flyers, I mean some kind of a rack card right, or something right, that people right. can hold in their hand and take out with them. I make these little uh, business cards that say, try a class. And it just has the 
gym number on it, but people can offer it, has the group, the schedules. And that's what we're doing right now. Now we've only just gotten to this point because we had six months of trying to get things going. Um, I try to offer, do things that um, I can put ads in the paper about, hey, this is a new class. Hey, this is something else. In the, I'm gonna try new class times. Now, again, I'm only working with one room. So um, right now I'm being careful how much I'm paying out for classes as if I try to think of it, if I was getting five bucks a head for this class, would it pay for my trainer? Because, you know, that's yeah. where we all face Sometimes you don't even, it's hard to say like to not think about your members, right? But it's almost like it, they proved it to you, right? Well, you've been open for a year here. You've lost quite a few members. Um, you know, you're trying to set things up to where things are make your members happy, right? But the reality is most most people that are in your facility are only gonna be there for a year to year and a half before they either drop their membership or go find a different gym. Oh no, so, no, that would not be true in the least. Uh at least at least 30 of these people have worked out with me before. At least. Right. Okay. And that's that's a very big oh no. Okay, so that's another thing. Everybody, your personal base. That's why I still teach classes. I, I though I'm the executive director, I am not waiting for somebody else to bring these people in. I built all of these classes, but it was way too many classes. I was teaching three, one day, two, three, like there was I was frying on that. And as the owners and as the planners. We need to do what we need to do, but we have to be careful about overtraining ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. You know, okay, so that being said. So real quick okay. though, just so I have a better understanding, yeah. when, when you're saying that you, were you saying that you're charging, you know, very cheaper memberships, right? Cheap for classes, cheap to get a membership and members were still, you know, dropping their memberships and leaving? Uh, yeah, no, I what I said was I I had like maybe, 74 people and now i only have 53 okay and and that's just active and i have some coming back yeah. but it is confusing right because then you would think you would think back to like hey i'm barely i'm you know i'm not charging a lot so why are the members okay. leaving in the first so, place so here's my deal is that first of all i try not to also, as trainers, if you can't really talk someone into doing something they don't want to do, it's like making right. someone drink, not drink liquor. Okay. But you could show the value so that they oh, yeah. understand why they have to stay, right? Like you can't force them, right? But there's okay, things so, that you could do within your business to where it's like, why would I drop my membership? You know, even if I'm not going that much, why would I drop the membership? Well, this is what I think. I just think that there's a, okay, so. My plan is, is to get a little bigger space where I can offer two or three things at a time and do a monthly installment. I okay. am in this, I planned to just throw classes in there all day, every day when I first took this lease, because we're in a parking structure. So when you're getting, I'm sure everybody knows this, is that you have to have enough parking spaces. It's not how many people inside, but you have enough parking spaces to accommodate how many clients you think you're going to have. And if right. I had 20 people at a time, so, but what I found out was I was paying so much more to be in a strip mall. So I'm going to relocate to something else that will save me at least $1,200 a month by not being in a strip mall. I thought it would be advantageous, but it is not. Um, so you have to be self-sustaining. And if I was doing this, well, it's why I'm not doing it for profit. 
I've been juggling the training thing a million and one ways, a right. million and one ways. And the, rea the reality is, is that you are limited by space and time. How many clients can you get in there and get out? And that's Very it. true. And then that becomes also boredom. So when you come in and do group exercise for 30 minutes, first of all, it's really easy to change that up. You can use different gear, use just different songs, and you come see your friends. It's part of the algorithm. The algorithm is moving to the music. First of all, for all of us, um, our cognition, firing neurons in our brains. There's a million reasons why this is good for everybody right now. Everybody. I do mean everybody. And um, I am put out with our leaders, our government officials, everyone is just so scrambling out of fear, looking out for themselves, everyone, that no one's looking out for us. So I raise the hand to think for yourself. I raise the hand to be strong and live long. I raise the hand to understand what's going on and get control of our lives. So that being said, in the, in the gym industry, it's a change in and you're gonna to have to go with the flow. Oh, but I don't really know how to do a computer. Oh, but I don't really like Facebook. What do you mean run an ad? Okay, so here's the deal. Yeah. Go on and read it. If you go to, um, if you go to your Facebook page and then make a new page, just read it. And that what we were talking about analytics and putting money on it and boosting your post and that sort of thing. I'm a freaking jock and I figured it out. You can do this, you know? Yes, I and, and I suggest to anybody that's working on it, do it on your phone because that's where your pictures are. That's why you're up. I mean, unless you're gonna maybe put in a link that you need to copy and paste or something like that. But um, I don't know what to say. I, I, I spend, I didn't even pay myself for a while. Okay, and that's the truth now. Um, and you, you obviously I, want to get to that point of be able to pay yourself, right? Because even oh, though, that's where we are now. Yeah, yeah. So, like we said, nonprofits, you know, you still have to make a profit, and, and even the person who's running the nonprofit needs to make a living to survive, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So let me say this too: is that that what I noticed when I worked at the nonprofit was they had six directors sitting in their offices, and nobody came out. And every day I thought, did anybody here come out and sign up a $30 annual membership today? No, you yeah. didn't. That's crazy yeah. talk. So that's what gave me the idea. I could do that with three directors and use a lot of that, that money for um, operational costs and for getting programs to people and for actually getting people out of a chair. Abs, um, abs, glutes, and quads. That's your balance. That's your longevity it's everything and everybody that's in the fitness industry right now um the nonprofit thing you it's not easy the paperwork's not easy and you need somebody to help explain it to you because it sounds like chinese okay but it just gives another avenue uh for revenue and fitness professionals change the world I'm finding a way to pay fitness professionals what they yeah. deserve to be paid. Um, and that's in my grants, is that they're not only just helping, in my grant writing is that like, I break down my budget and I show what's going to what, you know? And you're helping to sustain this other industry as well. And, okay, so I'm an ACE uh, trainer. 
Okay. I do that. Well, I do that because I have a lot of stuff online and I want to make sure I'm about as certified as it can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Important. And so um, so part of my business plan is to certify seniors and then have them volunteer a couple of hours a week for me on the floor when I get my gym and they can help people with volunteer time. And that would cost me you know, whatever certification, I don't think you have to get them an ACE at first, right. but for a couple hundred dollars and and helping them study for it, you know, it's it's a good reiteration for us. Well, yeah, and then and then get somebody to donate some time. And all you have to do is get a little release form from them. You just say something like, Yeah, I'm doing this of my own accord. But for, for right now, give some people some esteem and and a place that might be as worth it to them as money. You know what I mean? I yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think you have a lot of cool things going on, Mercedes. I had, you know, a great time listening about, you know, what you have going on in your game plan to, to get this nonprofit going. I think it's a great idea. Um, but yeah, I think that is a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, your social media pages. Oh, my goodness. Facebook. All right. So we are adult health fitnesstoday.org. Visit our website. We're working on it right now. We're uploading a bunch of new video. Uh, I have a virtual open house on there so that you can actually uh, come in and see my studio and see what kind of online programs. And so you can poke around on there. Uh, we are at Facebook at Adult Health and Fitness Today. And um, I'm not on Instagram right now because I got locked out and I don't know what's going on with that. And it got too frustrating. So I'm leaving that alone for a second. Um, I would also like to say that Jim Lords, your whole, the way you um, organize and structure your podcast, just getting people to participate, uh, your equipment, the way you handle the whole thing, you guys are top notch, super professional, super pro, and um, all businesses should be run like that. Yeah. Yay! Thank you. I appreciate it, Mercedes. Um, and, and I look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road here. So as for the listeners as well, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.